War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401 439-6028 439-6028 Yankee Tree Service YankeeTreeService.com What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming Experts based right in Lincoln Tree removal since 2006 and also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today 439-6028 439-6028 Whether it's tree removal stump grinding, tree pruning emergency service bucket truck at service and bobcat service since 2006 they've been performing tree removal service on top of that nothing stumps yankee tree service they provide stump grinding enjoy your landscape without the eyesore as far as pruning well let them get up there oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down at yankee tree service their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best the treatment plan for your tree and maybe it's an emergency service did something come down call them today 439-6028 439-6028 if they have to they get right up there in the bucket yankee tree service since 2006 tree trimming experts give them a call 439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com you're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Today is Wednesday. Today is also a big day because this is the final day. It's Wednesday, June 29th. This is the final day that people can file, that they're going to run for some of the different offices. So very, very interesting. Uh, something to watch, I believe, is going to be that CD2 filing where there's an awful lot of pressure right now and there's questions on whether or not Bob Lancia is going to make a run to file for that because only because it's uh, very significant with Cranston, former Cranston Mayor Alan Fung, who by all accounts, uh, there's a very influential uh, report in Washington called the Cook Report. And they map out, the guy that does it is just uh, really, really smart and covers all the different races. And he has moved the Fung if it were a race, but he has moved the CD2 seat to uh, toss up. And that's major because most of the time they have different categories of leans Democrat, leans Republican, uh, heavily leans Democrat. It was leaning Democrat. They've switched it to toss up. So that means, and it really shows what that, the power of that Boston Globe poll that came out, Boston Globe, Suffolk University, that showed the power of that poll of how right now uh, that that race could really go <clears throat> could go either way in a in a big time way as a matter of fact so that um, that's a huge development for former Cranston Mayor Alan Fung the fact that 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 race is now somehow uh, has been flipped in that way now I also want to play a big story of course is what's happening with the investigation into Providence police officer John Lugo the whole situation from Friday night and how that broke out and where things stand right now and I don't recall in the past Providence police issuing the type of press release that they issued yesterday with Hugh Clemens chief of police in Providence basically calling for Officer Lugo uh, to be fired. So that's a significant development. He will, I want to play, um, this is um, the Channel 10 report of the whole thing. Outside the Rhode Island State House in Providence last week, and we're hearing from the lawyer representing that off-duty Providence police officer caught on camera hitting a woman on the head, and now we learn that officer may not have his job much longer. That's what, according to one side of the story, the attorney claims that the viral video doesn't show everything that happened. But as we reported just a little while ago, Providence police recommend Lugo be fired for allegedly striking Jennifer Rourke. NBC 10's Joanna Boris is live in Providence with all these late details, Joanna. 
John Lugo tarnished the department's reputation. He is now facing seven charges from them. His attorney said that new video shows that someone was pulling on his shirt before he turned around and threw punches. This viral video shows suspended Providence police officer and former state Senate candidate John Lugo punch Jennifer Rourke multiple times in the face. Rourke, a Democrat, and Lugo, a Republican, were running in the same political race in Warwick until the incident forced Lugo to drop out. Lugo was off duty when he went to the pro-abortion rights rally he claims only to observe. In an interview on WPRO with Gene Valicente, Lugo's lawyer, Daniel Griffin, claims what led up to the punch is missing from the narrative. NBC10 obtained this new video Tuesday. He's there trying to pull Green Jack and Manuela off the person who's getting pummeled. When the person behind him won't stop pulling him, preventing him from protecting another citizen, he neutralizes, he neutralizes that and then he goes right back. Uh, to try to protect the person. Griffin claims the person in pink pulling on Lugo is Rourke, but says Lugo didn't know that at the time when he turned around and punched her. We see John turn right back toward his objective, which was to protect the citizen getting beaten. Rourke, who was a speaker and organizer at the event, says she walked over to a group of people in a verbal fight and was escorting a counter-protester away when she was assaulted. NBC10 talked to her on Saturday and stopped by her home Tuesday regarding Griffin's claims but she didn't want to do an interview. Lugo has five days to request a hearing. Again, the department is recommended he be terminated. Live in Providence, Joanna Boris, NBC 10 News. All right, so that's really just a disaster is, is what it is, and there's no other way to describe it. And then even, you know, now part of the problem is John Lugo is, is fighting, you know, he's fighting that that initial video that went out that didn't show everything involved that's that's really what's at the the heart of of this the way i see it and that is something that down the line we'll see whether or not if he wants to take action against um the radio station and the person that put it out for putting that together now folks on the on the national front boy the bombshells that came out against president trump i don't know what to make of it? I'm hearing the Secret Service are now going to challenge the accounts yesterday. Uh, but that testimony yesterday was definitely one for the ages of what went on on January 6th. And as much as, listen, people can say it's it's unfair to President Trump, uh, the more, uh, here's what I want people to understand. The more that this goes on, the more that this, I think, that this really impacts him with independence and especially um, as Donna Perry had mentioned, female independent reporters, fe uh, excuse me, uh, voters, female independent voters, uh, as much as some people are going to say that, that they, oh, you know, that shouldn't matter. You know, there's, there's a difference between re reality and then theory. And a lot of people like to just live in theory. In, 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 in theory, People say, well, you know, people should do their homework and do research and then decide on the issues that they're going to vote for. You know, that, that it, just, it just doesn't work that way. And anyone that's ever being honest about it, I mean, I, I admittedly, in the past, as I was walking into a polling place to vote, one of the people um, greeted me and introduced himself and I, it was for, maybe it was like for school committee or town council or something like that. I ended up voting for him. It's as simple as that. Now, had I done the research, did I know everything he stood for? It was just sometimes there is a, just that type of a, a quick decision like that. So I think that could really hurt. Well, I know it would. Um, President Trump. What's this other story I'm just seeing? Duncan Donuts faces backlash from promotional post. Green opening, red and part open to white Cranston residents. Well, all right, it's a typo. I don't know if that's worthy of a story. All right, it does jump out at you. Social media post from Dunkin' Donuts faces backlash. A new location open to white Cranston residents. Um, calling for it to be closed. Are you kidding me? Um, they were aware of the typo. The post was... Um, it was uh, being translated, previous opening. Oh, okay. It was, um, 
they had opened a previous location in White Plains. So it was the grand opening in Cranston. See, this is where, so it meant White Plains residents is, is what it should have said. Instead, it said White Cranston residents. All right, I, I don't know. People are just too sensitive. Can't you look at that and see that obviously it's a typo? And now what? Is there going to be a protest outside the Dunkin' Donuts? Is that where this, everything leads to that suddenly? But that Cassidy Hutchinson, once named a former chief of staff, Mark Meadows, this business that new President Trump knew protesters were armed when he called for them to march to the Capitol. I, you know, I'll, I'll say this. I, I'm anxious to see how, where the committee goes from here, where the committee goes from here and how they go about trying to counter some of the things that were said. Um, and I already see that the Secret Service, they are pushing back against the whole steering wheel claim. Now, that could have been an exaggeration in the moment. Um, I, I see no reason why that, why she would have any reason to lie. Uh, but that is, that needs to be cleaned up. That can't be ignored. That can't be fake news, as they'd like to do it. Um... And I, I fully get that they're trying to distract from just how bad things are with the Biden White House. But I'll tell you where this also really needs to be addressed is because there's no guarantee that, that that could be used against President Trump in a primary. Who's to say that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis decides to run for president, that he doesn't use that against President Trump? So we shall see. All right, folks, it's Wednesday. A lot more ahead right here on The John DePietro Show. J. Perry Paving. Folks, you can depend on J. Perry Paving. They provide high-quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 20 years' experience, specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal-coating patios, and much more. Call them today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. They are tremendous. They also, how about this, once a month, they provide a free paved driveway to a veteran. And remember, whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, call J. Perry Paving for a free quote. It makes a huge difference in your property, in your home, in your driveway or patio. 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. 401-732-1730. You can also find them on Facebook. They're terrific. Hey, get that driveway paved. Call and book an appointment now, 401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. To the John DePietro Show weekdays, we start at 11, we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dePietro.com. Joining us right now is a columnist of the Boston Globe. It is uh, Dan McGowan. And Dan, I want to start off. Boy, that Globe poll that you've teamed up, the Boston Globe teaming up with Suffolk, uh, it, it certainly sent out shockwaves it responded in some campaigns sending out you know very excited emails uh if you could just start off and tell us a little bit about the partnership and then i'm obviously curious to hear what i mean there's a lot of highlights of it uh that jump out at you absolutely john yeah so you know the globe and suffolk university have a kind of long-standing partnership where uh the suffolk has pulled for the globe usually on massachusetts issues um, I believe they usually will share when they do national polling, you'll get stuff from, you know, you'll see it in the globe first every once in a while, things like that. And, you know, down here, you and I have been talking about this for months is, you know, the, you know, the lack of polling other than channel 12 is always a concern. You never actually know where anybody stands until, you know, right before the primary, things like that. And so, um, you know, part of my push in the last, I would say, six to eight months was, you know, hey, we, we really should consider polling. I, I get it. It's very expensive to do. Um, so there's, you know, the, you're always going to be a little bit hesitant. But luckily, because we have sort of that that ongoing relationship with Suffolk, we were fortunate to be able to, um, you know, get a relatively good deal and got a good poll. You know, you, when you get uh, we, the, the sub samples are a little smaller, but, you know, we got 800 people. We had live callers. So, you know, our callers can have actually conversations with the people who are, you know, answering the questions. That's always better than sort of the automated press one. If you support this press two, if you support that. 
Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, we got exactly what we were looking for, which is, I feel like this week, um, you know, we're, we've sort of owned the news cycle because of that poll. Well, and, and I want to explain to people the national implications of it. The Cook Report moved CD2 race, Alan Fung, if he doesn't have, if he can win a primary or if he even has a primary, Bob Liancey hasn't right. filed yet. That's right. And Seth Magazina from Lean Democrat to Toss Up, which is huge. I think is, that was the biggest thing, but go ahead. Your oh, I, I, you, I completely agree. I mean, it's an uh, extraordinary kind of uh, shift, I think, um, when you consider that in the grand scheme of things, I know, you know, people who are listening here, they say, well, the second district is, you know, a, a little more conservative. So, and, you know, people know Alan Fung, but let's be very clear. You know, Joe Biden won the second district by you know, more than 10 points. This is a, if, if Jim Langevin had run again, he'd have probably won, you know, running away. Uh, this is a district that, you know, is... It's not it's not the first district, but it is pretty blue. <laughs> you know, it is it's a seat that is has always been considered pretty safe Democrat, uh, yeah. at least at least, you know, since Langevin has been elected. And now, you know, for, uh, you know, less than 90 days to go uh, before the primary. But you look at you looking ahead to that general election to see that. Uh, sure enough, you know, the national you know, folks paying attention to this are saying, boy, it's not even a question now. This is a clear toss-up race. Um, and, you know, if you're the Alan Fung camp, I think uh, you're feeling great. I'm sure you're fundraising off of this uh, th- this poll. You know, you- you're ahead against every single Democrat in the race. Um, the one caution I would put, I'm curious what you think about this, John, is, you know, Alan Fung has always been kind of a low 40s guy, uh, usually statewide. And so, you know, getting from 44, 45 to 50, 51, it's always the hardest, right? It's, 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 yeah. uh, and so, you know, I am interested to see how he pulls it off. But when you look inside some of the cross tabs, the big one that I've been pointing out is him head to head against Seth Magaziner, independence 58 to 20 yeah. uh, for Alan Fung. Um, you know, the, 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 the key to remember, you know, for Republicans in Rhode Island is Rhode Island, you have to win all the Republicans and you have to win a lot of independents to be able to pull this off. Alan Fung is certainly uh, within the, the, you know, that space looks like, a, you know, a, if he can keep 58 percent of the independents, he's going to win this race. Yeah. And I would argue CD2, it's more independent. I don't know about concerns, Agree. But definitely Agree. more independents compared to CD1. He's always performed well. In, in CD2, and even against, in 2014, he actually defeated Gina Raimondo in, yep. in 2014. In 2018, Trillo was the base of Warwick, heard him. But, you know, it, it's more of Dan and I think he and also the current mayor of Warwick, and even Ken Hopkins, the current mayor of Cranston, to a degree, and Governor Baker in Mass has really shown, in order to be a successful Republican, you have to get those independents. Yep. And Fung has them. I'm curious, what do you think the reaction was to the the, the in the magazine camp to this poll? I, I think they weren't surprised at all by it. You know, I'm all, I, huh. you're always prepared. If I learned anything from working at Channel 12 for so long is you, you get really nervous in the, you know, the hours and uh, minutes, you know, both before and after you release a poll because – the first thing you know, you're worried about is who's going to attack you and say that you screwed it all up, right? And and that happens. That does happen from time to time. Um, you know, when w- w- what we do and what I what I what I do is always say I tell everybody you know in the in the different you know political campaigns, hey, there's a poll coming. Um, uh, our results are coming. We don't tell people when we're in the field, but we say, you know, I say it's coming, but I don't give anybody the results until after, you know, until they go live. So nobody gets a sneak peek ahead of time, anything like that. And uh, I, I think that there was no dispute from the magazine or camp. Uh, in fact, I think in some ways they actually are, are spinning it a little bit as um, validation for the thing they've been saying all along, which is, you know, we know Alan Fung is very tough. And remember, he kicked off his, Seth Magaziner kicked off his campaign talking about Alan Fung. And for, for him, it's, 
hey, this is another sign that I'm the best, you know, candidate to run here. And this is a, you know, a heavy battle. So, I, I you're, you know, a very difficult race. I think it helps him probably fundraise to some degree. Um, so I, that's the, you know, they're not disputing this in any way. I think they, they think this, these numbers are accurate. I think the fun camp believes these numbers are accurate. Um, or, you know, again, point in time, right? It's not like this is how it's going to end. Obviously, let's assuming that Seth Magaziner is the nominee on the Democratic side, you know, he's not going to end the race with 28% of the vote or 38% of the vote, excuse me. It's going to get closer. These things will tighten up. But um, I think both sides agree that this is probably pretty accurate. Folks, so speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe, and Dan, here's an, just the thought I have on the CD2 race with Seth Magaziner. I think now the one he has to worry about is that Sarah Morgan's yes. So Saturday night, I stop by. Ronaldo has his summer radio cookout. It's a nice yep. thing, and all the candidates stop by. She's there. She's everywhere. I'm seeing her everywhere. I don't know who – you know, I know because of some of the headlines she caught with the homestead and so forth that she – she hasn't gotten the memo that she can't win this race. That one on her team, she if she goes down, she's taking him with him. The one thing I want to point out about this is this is Magazina before they start to unload on him. That's Joy right. Fox was there. Siegel, I don't understand his strategy, but that's Sarah Morgenthau. You watch. this. The, um, Seth Magazina, they get, starting late July, early August, you watch the negative bombs that start being thrown at him. I think this is such a, an important point, and I couldn't agree more. I think the, the, the hope that Seth Magaziner has is that everybody just plays nice. That's not happening. That's no right. It, you know, it, I, now, I will say, if not for It'll Sarah Moore, Off the record conversation. Yeah, oh, but I'm telling you right now, he's going to get bloody bad in this primary. Oh, oh, I completely agree. Now, I would say if not for Sarah Morgenthau, I think actually he would probably get through relatively unscathed. But here's the benefit. You know, as much as, as she's going to get criticized for, you know, for not having, you know, close ties to Rhode Island, all that kind of stuff. The benefit of that is. You don't care no. when, you know, when, when the power brokers call you and tell you to knock it off. Yeah, right? No, not at all. And, and so I, I do think she has, you know, a chance to break through. The one thing I, that red flag that I would say is, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this, but, you know, there was, there's been very clear growth from the, um, from the Helena folks, you know, campaign ads oh, yeah. and, and starting to get, there's been less growth. Uh, some, but less growth for Sarah Morgenthau. And so, you know, I, I wonder what she's going to be able to do to kind of really get out there. But I, I think you're right. I think she's the one that probably, you know, starts to hit him a little hard. And uh, and that's going to, you know, that the question becomes for Seth Magaziner, how much do you engage? Do you, you know, save up all your money and stockpile for that general election? Or do you start to panic a little bit and August comes around and suddenly – you know, you're pulling and you're realizing, wow, she's pulling in the double digits. We're still, you know, there's there's going to be a huge undecided number going into the election. Like th th this will not be 97 percent of people know who they're voting for. You're going to have I'll bet you, you know, if we are Channel 12 polls again, uh, you know, August 15th, I'll bet you, you still have 20 percent, 25 percent of people who haven't made up their mind yet. And that's going to always be a red flag because that's going to be Sarah Morgenthau saying, hey, I can catch this guy. And that's going to be Seth Magaziner kind of having uh, sleepless nights heading into that primary. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro Show. The next time you have an emergency, head straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich 5750 Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care. Urgent health care facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families, specializing in ambulatory medicine, diagnostic treatment service, AtMed Urgent Care. They provide immunization, school, sports physicals. They're a cost-efficient health care alternative to hospital-based emergencies. They're open seven days a week, walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic and trauma, work-related injuries, physical exams, drug testing, full laboratory services, and with AtMed Urgent Care, they offer mononuclear 
antibody infusions. You, someone in your family suffering from COVID, you want to go straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, Johnston, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122, or East Greenwich, 5750 Post Road, online at atmedurgentcare.net. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. We're sticking, uh, Dan, I'm going to stick with the poll. And one of the other people I did get a chance to chat with was, I think she was the two big winners to me of the Boston Globe Suffolk University poll were were former Chris Mayor Alan Fung, but also Helena Folks. I mean, talk about a coming out party. I know they love the headline surging. Um, And I like your line about stay calm, trust the process. I had a nice shower there. She... You know, she's very confident. She's, again, out there. They are with their team. Um, I, I think she's actually in a good position right now. I think she is, too. You know, one of the things our pollster said to us, David uh, Paleogis, who's, you know, been at Suffolk for a long time, and he said to me, uh, and without knowing, I mean, this is a guy who, who you know, knows how to do a poll but doesn't have, you know, any um, – you know, doesn't know anything about Rhode Island, you know, deeply just, just, you know, kind of came across the results and, you know, tried to put, you know, match up uh, calls and stuff with, you know, the way the electorate kind of looks. And he said to me, if, if um, Helena folks had any set, this was his exact quote. If she had any semblance of support in the black and Latino community, she'd be winning this race right now. Uh, And, and let's be honest, she's going to grow, you know, she, right now she's still, you know, largely unknown and she's already growing into a place where um, she's, this is obviously a three person, you know, primary race here. Uh, And so, yeah, I think, I I think the news that she's kind of surging is, you know, I think that is the biggest headline out of the governor's poll. And I also think, uh, you know, when, when you start to look at sort of how this is all going to play out, you know, I think it's probably fair to say you're going to see, um, you know, the Matt Brown and Luis Daniel Munoz crowd, they're going to combine for somewhere between what, five and 10%. So, you know, it becomes a race for roughly 31, 32% of the vote. Yep. Helena folks clearly has the highest ceiling. Uh, um, between of the three top tier candidates. I do see the path for Nelly Gorbea to get there. I will say, I'm not sure the path that Dan McKee has. I mean, you look almost across the board with the exception of he's, he is popular among black and Latino voters. But other than that, you know, he struggles with people that are, uh, that say they're definitely going to vote. He struggles with the more liberal crowd. He struggles with, uh, you know, people with who, who are a little more affluent, um, so it, he, he, he's got a challenge here. He's not even doing all that well among independents, which is a place where you, know, you would hope or he would certainly hope that he would be doing um, relatively well. I think it's bad news for Dan McKee. I mean, I think if, if you're Nelly Gorbet, you say, look, the facts, you know, facts don't lie. I haven't been lying. I'm in the lead. Um, but I think that the highest growth here and uh, the highest ceiling is probably uh, Helena Folks. Dan McGowan, could, could Governor McKee finish third in this primary? I think it's realistic. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, mean, just looking know. at the numbers, that 30% undecided, 30% undecided. Why do you think it's this much higher? I think in 2014 with Gina and Angel and Clay Pell, I think that the, the undecided was closer to 20% or under. Yeah, around this time, I think it was. You know, look, a couple of things. One, I think that both Gina Raimondo uh, and, and Angel Taveras, more so than Clay Pell, but those two in that race were – you know, were really well-known figures. Both of them had taken on big challenges that kind of got them in the headlines a lot in their tenures, both as mayor and treasurer. So I think people were, you know, a little more firm on this. Um, but I, I, the undecided, I think, speaks directly to the performance that uh, people feel Governor McKee is doing, right? You know, if you're the incumbent governor, um, and it's not like you came in yesterday. Now you're here for you know, well over a year, yeah. people, people have gotten to know you and they have not decided that they like you yet. Um, and, and I, so I think that's why I think that, I think there's a, there's a search for an alternative look, but you know, while Nelly Gorbea has got to give her credit for being in the lead, it's not like she has been, you know, has universal name recognition no. either yet. Neither does Helena folks. So I, I, you know, that 30% is looking for somewhere to go. It's hard to imagine they're going to, you know, sort of come home to Dan McKee. 
um, you know, I think they're going to be looking for alternatives. I think they, you know, and I think they probably, you know, that's a big place for growth for Helena folks. So yes, I think there is a real chance that, that Dan McKee could end up third in this primary. Dan McGowan, is there plans for another poll between now and election day with the Globe and Suffolk? Well, please uh, email and call the Boston Globe oh, offices wow. because we're, we would love to do it. Um, you know, I, I think the what from what I can tell internally, people were very pleased with sort of the attention that this poll has gotten. So we hope that's the case. Um, I know, uh, I'm, or at least I'm fairly certain that Channel 12 is going to poll again. Um, and so we want to be right there with them. You know, we want to at least poll uh, in the general election again. But uh, personally, yeah, I'd love to see, you know, I want to see uh, the thing that the date that you've been talking about for a while, August, tw- you know, I want to see August 20th, what yeah. the, where the race stands. So I'd love to be able to do more on this because uh, I think it's really important to, to kind of get a sense of where these, uh, where all these candidates are. Folks, we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. And I want to just also on the poll, are you surprised or were you surprised how poorly President Biden is doing in Rhode Island? Well, you know, it's funny. We, You and I, every every couple of months, we'll talk about, you know, I, I've been pointing to uh, polling data that, that, you know, is a little different polling data, but it's on Rhode Island that, uh, you know, a, a group out of Massachusetts has been doing with a bunch of different colleges. And it's pretty much in line, right? Rhode Islanders uh, have a, you know, basically, I believe the number was 38% in terms of approval of the job Joe Biden is doing. But I thought the really telling one was, when you're at 60, basically 69% of voters, now not just Democrats, but 69% of voters in Rhode Island don't think he should seek a second term. I mean, if you're not doing a little bit better in Rhode Island, how can you possibly be thinking about, uh, you know, a a serious reelection campaign? And, you know, Rhode Island's small. I don't know. I don't think the White House pays deep, close attention to what's going on in Rhode Island. But let's be clear. One of Joe Biden's top advisors is Mike Donnell and a Providence right. guy. They, they know that, you know, that something strange is going on in Rhode Island. And there's no reason to believe that, you know, we got something wrong. I think this is a pretty accurate reflection of where people think the president stands. And folks, the Globe has great coverage also. Um, and there's different links to it. But the J6 uh, hearing yesterday, uh, a lot of bombshells there. And also... I think that the Boston Globe, James Pendell, you had a good piece on Dan McGowan. One of the problems, though, is the Biden team continue to say, hey, we're the ones that beat President Trump. He he seemingly full speed ahead to run again for reelection in 2024. I don't think that does not help Seth Magaziner. No, I don't think so. I mean, this is the other thing that the pollster uh, Paleogus said to us was he looked at this and said, boy, I don't think that. uh that you're going to see Joe Biden coming to town. And, and funny enough, because he doesn't, you know, pay that close attention to Rhode Island, I said to him, you know, the magaziners are incredibly well connected within yes. the Democratic Party. And he said, well, he was like, maybe they bring Bill Clinton here, but uh, why would you ever bring Joe Biden here when, when he's, you know, wildly unpopular, uh, you know, pretty much across the board. So uh, that it is interesting. I mean, it, it, and it becomes a little bit of a blow. You know, that is always the, one of the kind of charming things for the Democrats uh, when they're running here is, you know, Gina Raimondo brought Joe Biden here, brought Barack Obama here, right? Uh, famously in 2014, Jorge Alorza got endorsed by Barack Obama, if you remember wow. that. And yeah. so, you know, you get those things. Now, is it possible that that's that Obama, who I, who I would imagine still is relatively popular in Rhode Island, you know, could be asked to make a trip? Maybe wow. it could be, but uh, you know, this is not usually what that is, is kind of the effort for the, the, you know, the most well-known person in the democratic party to come in and uh, you know, make everybody feel good and kind of put you over the top. In this case, it could be to save him. Um, and, and so it's going to be really interesting. I'll see. I'm, I'm so interested to see how the fun campaign kind of can combat that because this is the challenge, right? The one thing that our poll, you know, is, is really important to point out is, happens before the SCOTUS decision last week on, on abortion rights. So we were we were in the field Monday through Wednesday. The decision comes down on Friday. Good um, that's going to energize Democratic voters, obviously. It you know, probably energizes independent women as well. And so this is going to be a bit of a challenge um, for Alan Fung. I, I think what that decision 
kind of uh, uh, almost confirms is that it's going to be really hard for Alan Fung simply to run the race on, you know, if you thought I was a good mayor of, of Cranston, good you should point. vote for me to go to Congress. Yeah, but one thing, it doesn't impact Rhode Island as much. You know, Dan, right. I take a, a, a break. You know, Sarah Morgenthau, she walked and worked in the Obama White House. Is there any chance she could get? So I, I would imagine he wants to stay out of a primary, but I think if anyone would maybe be able to gravitate to be able to pull an endorsement from the Obama. She, she worked in the Obama white house. Yeah. I mean, you saw her this week at Kirsten Gillibrand's, you know, endorsement. Now that's a, an inside baseball thing. I don't think sure. I, I'd venture to guess the vast majority of Rhode Islanders don't even know who Senator Gillibrand is. Right. But you're right that, you know, she mm. is very well connected. That's the thing about Sarah Morgenthau that, yeah. you know, some of us have dismissed a little bit. I'm probably guilty of this myself, She's got real national people. Mindy Myers yeah. is doing her campaign uh, really good at this, you know, has, has been around some of the top minds of the Democratic Party for a really long time. So this is not like it's some person nobody's ever heard of with no connections. I mean, her you know, was her great grandfather, I think, was the or grandfather was the great grandfather, secretary of the Treasury. I think there's another family member that was the, the U.S. attorney, of the Southern District of New York. So, I mean, really connected family here who, um, you know, who, who probably can get some of the, the kind of the old school Democrats out for her. And very aggressive. Her team yep. is very, very aggressive. Yep. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro Show. Time means grill time. And for the best grill, get a new grill. Stop in and see my friends. Jay's Broadway Appliance and TV. J apostrophe S Broadway Appliance and TV. Located 47 Cedar Swamp Road. That's Route 5 Smithfield. You can call them 401 949 7800. Springtime, summer, this is the best time to grill outside. They have a great selection on grills. They also have a great selection on all appliances. Family run business since 1963. Remember, you're going to deal directly with the owner and they will match or beat any package deal when it comes to appliances. Do you need a new refrigerator? How about a new dishwasher, washing machine, dryer, oven, microwave? Jay's Broadway Appliance. Look for them online at jsappliance.com. Also on Facebook, springtime, summer is grill time. Stop in and see them. They're open Monday through Friday from 10 to 5. You can make an appointment for more personal Saturday and Sunday appointments. Jay's Broadway Appliance and TV, 401-949-7800. Better yet, drive in and see them. 47 Cedar Swamp Road, Route 5 in Smithfield. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Again, I wanted to give us plenty of time to discuss. First of all, I, I don't remember ever seeing a letter from Hugh Clemens, the letter they released yesterday. Uh, Friday night, I did go and cover the rally for a while. I, it started to get dark. The mood started to change. I felt I had been there long enough. It was a Friday night. I was tired. I had a busy Saturday. And the last person I saw as I was leaving the State House was John Lugo came up to me. And I said to him, what, like, what are you doing here? And he said, oh, I'm, I'm here to listen. And I, th I thought at the time, oh, you know, I don't want to blow his cover. Maybe he's in plain clothes. Maybe police are doing something with the state police, Capitol Police. So they have sometimes they have people absolutely clothes, yeah, right yeah. in the crowd. And and at that moment, 10 minutes later is when I, I'm going to say I, I, his life changed. And I'm sure I, I think it's too bad he just didn't walk out with me. But. Um, the events of Friday night and what has happened since then, and the coverage of the Globe, by the way, Amanda's coverage has been fantastic. It is, it is remarkable, and, and we haven't even seen where this thing is going to spin out to. Well, you're 100% right. I, I'm glad the way you kind of framed that, you know, to think about it, got this, you know, and I, I don't know John Lugo in any way at all. I knew he was a Providence police officer. I knew he was running for LG and then switched to the Senate race. Um, uh, and we could talk about that in a second too, but, you know, something tells me that a guy that, you know, three or four months ago when he started to think about, or let's say eight months ago, when he started to think about running for office, he never imagined a situation where he was going to not only not be running for office, but, you know, potentially losing his job, you know, in handcuffs, like this is a, a, a dramatic sort of life change for, yeah you know, for him. And 
you know, I mean, look, the, we're, we're all trying to kind of, I think, understand sort of what was going on there. We've obviously seen video, um, you know, you, you certainly he has to know at the very least that in a setting like that, he's not he is not actually a Providence police officer in that moment. He's a, you know, somebody who's there and, and is a, uh, you know, is, is sort of a, a participator or just, you know, he has to know that he can't throw a punch at a woman. Um, I know that he his lawyer is saying, look. You know, he was actually trying to break up a separate situation. Um, you know, it's going to be really interesting to watch it play out. You do not see, uh, like you said, Chief Clements, you know, coming out and making it very clear that they're trying to terminate. Usually, in fact, that's something that they put on Commissioner Perry right. uh, or the mayor to just yeah. say. Um, scathing, I, scathing, scathing yeah. unprecedented. I, I would call it, I think that's right. I would call it unprecedented. You don't have, and, and by the way, I mean, you and I have covered this. You and I both know, you know, from, from the sources that we have, it's not as though Chief Clements has been on board with everything Mayor Lorza or Commissioner Perry have, have wanted to do. He was very disappointed by, you know, some of the efforts to discipline police officers over the last couple of years in Providence. He thinks it's excessive. Um, he's been a guy who's always kind of defended um, his guys. There's a reason why you haven't seen uh, you know, any votes of no confidence in him, um, you know, while, while you have seen that in both the mayor and um, and Commissioner Perry from the from the Providence Police Union. You know, I will say I, I think he's a guy who's a credible, trustworthy guy. And so if he feels this way, he obviously you know feels pretty strongly about it. But it's going to be interesting to watch it play out because this is the most I would argue this is the most sort of uh, behind the scenes kind of curtain pulling back you've ever seen when it comes to that law enforcement officer's bill of rights and the city's yes. effort to, um, you know, to discipline an officer to the extent of termination. So it's going to be really interesting to follow, but um, you know, it obviously ch- it dramatically changed. I mean, nobody's talking about the fact that there were 1500 people at the yeah. state house <laughs> protesting because all of this is about, you know, a fight that broke out. But Dan McGowan, you also are wise to point out, I mean, Hugh Clemens, he marched in pride fest and was cheered. Along yes. the parade route, this is um, you haven't seen anyone come out in in defense of of John Lugo. I was introduced to him early, late last year, as from mutual friend. Hey, this guy wants to run for office. He had approached the party, said, "Hey, you know," and they were the ones that guided him to run for lieutenant governor, which I didn't think was a good idea because you know, it, to me, it's all about winning, and right. that's first. That's a pretty t- I I'll share i told him just run for work school committee live in warwick get a feel for it get a win yep right build your base especially then in light of what happened uh, in texas i re-emphasize that that's the race for you school committee then it's you know now you're the person you could probably win like hey i'm a police officer we need to beef up security in schools i kind of like the image of a police officer that absolutely also, right has the education background so then um he was then going for that mccaffrey seat but um you know, and I'll also just share with the listeners, but you probably know this, you know, yes, it is true. Police are on duty all the time. But a part of what they tell them is if, if you can't be involved then just be a good witness. Right. And it doesn't mean, you know, if you're in a bank or something goes sideways, you just you're a good witness to have. You saw what happened. Maybe you could videotape. Whatever. Right. You're trustworthy this, and honest. You're trustworthy. Right? Yeah, yeah. Or exp- there's 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 no way to spin he he whether it's a punch or a slap whatever but there's no way to spin he struck his opponent jennifer o'rourke and this there's just no way to get get around that and this is an incredible i'm not gonna say fall from grace like it's a major you know the governor of new york and so forth but it's still this young up-and-coming likable guy to see his life turned upside down and you're right possibly possibly in handcuffs yeah. And, 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 and to, again, like, uh, uh, you know, thinking beyond just the politics, it, it, this is a guy who, what, he's been on the police force, I think, like three years. I mean, yes. he had he had 22 to go before, you know, yeah. his, right. This was a guy who was at the beginning of his life, essentially. And, um, you know, no matter what happens in this, uh, he's, you know, I don't think he's going to be able to run for office. He may be able to kind of paint himself as you know, a victim in some way. And you'll always have a little bit of kind of, I think, fringe support. But um, yeah, this was a this was a poor decision. I mean, truthfully, 
I hate to say it because I think I, I, I'm supportive of people protesting no matter what, or, uh, you know, or attending these rallies. They're in a public places. You don't all have to agree on every decision that gets made. I do think a little bit of poor decision making to to go there and sort of seeming, see, seemingly at least be around kind of agitators who yeah. are, you know, who are looking for this. Um, you know, it's the same kind of thing when you see, uh, you know, a gun, you know, the guns rights people at the state house, and then you see, you know, people sort of infiltrating and, you know, starting kind of, they want confrontation. Right. Right. Um, and so I, it, poor decision-making here. Yeah. Um, you know, he, I, I'd love to kind of have a beer with him at some point and just like understand what was going through his mind because um, this was a, a you know, a, a decision made that probably has kind of ruined his, uh, you know, his adult life in many ways. And, and Dan McGowan, I'm also curious to see, I mean, this is different than the Hanley case because he was in, you know, he's in uniform. He's trying to make an arrest. That's one thing. But this process now where they have five days to respond to this, I, I don't remember the last time something like this has happened unless he, he resigns. That's right. And, and, and I think the other thing is it puts the, the police union in a really tough spot here. Um, you know, you use the Hanley case as a good example that's always going to be one where, you know, when you're in uniform and you're, you're, you know, you always can say, look, arrests are ugly and, and sometimes things happen. That's always what the police say. And there's always kind of a defense of it. You haven't seen a particularly aggressive defense here from the police union because they know that at the very least, this looks incredibly bad. Because it, it, it is. And, yeah. and that's, you know, Hugh Clemens, I mean, they're cutting bait. That's like that's it. They're cutting ties. We're not we're not going to the wall on, on this particular individual, um, you know, and, and again, I don't know. I'm been talking to different police officers. You just there's just no way to frame that. Even if he's in uniform, it looks that's bad. right. He's trying to break up a fight. But they're plain clothes. And then it turns out to be I mean, she was one of the organizers, Jennifer Rourke. She gave a speech earlier. You see her trying to defuse the situation. I I have no idea what was going on going through his mind, but again, if there was one of those moments, I I don't. You can't go to something like that alone. There's there's plenty of state police, capital police. Then follow and film the guy in green that threw the first punch. That's he's right. a good witness. Like follow there he is over there. But throwing yourself in the middle of that, that's something he's going to have to live with. Now, folks, also we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe, and there's a story you have that I'm very intrigued at by one of your colleagues, Brian Immerall. It has to do with Gordy Ernst and growing up in Cranston, Dick Ernst was, you know, I, I've met him, obviously, but you, you'd hear about him as this revered hockey and tennis coach. And, you know, he was a tough hockey coach, but look at his son. I mean, his son went to Brown and playing tennis, and then obviously he was a dominant all-state hockey player. So this is an interesting defense he's trying to throw out of why he should get leniency in prison. Yeah, yeah, and this, you know, this is a little bit of, you know, when it comes to sports families, a little bit of like a sports first family, yeah. uh, you know, it's it certainly in Cranston and, and, you know, Mr. Ernst is, is essentially making the argument that, you know, years of trauma, uh, including being beaten by his father as a kid and, and certainly tormented. And, uh, you know, I think he used the word torture and, you know, in his uh, conversation or, or, or uh, legal filing, he was basically saying, look, this is, this is what got me to this point. Um, and he's asking for leniency and sentencing. This is, of course, the the college admissions scandal uh, where, you know, he uh, he took, you know, millions of dollars in, in bribes, allegedly. Um, I know he's been convicted. So, you know, and, and I think, you know, it's an interesting defense. I suppose what you see whenever you see these, you know, requests for leniency, which are, which is very common. You and I, if we ever, God forbid, got in trouble, we would be doing the same thing. Um, but you know, the, to, to kind of pin it on in some ways, you know, his father has been dead for, I think since 2006, yeah. um, it, it, it really kind of exposes and shows some, uh, you know, things that I, I would imagine that family probably didn't really want to, uh, to expose, but I guess, you know, look, if, if this is. This is the difference between, you know, a relatively short sentence and a relatively long sentence. Right. I guess you do what you got to do. Yeah, he's at the end of his rope. And it also, I it's not playing well in, uh, in Cranston. I'd heard about this. And then at the same time, you know, all of Cranston's waiting because the next 
coach of the Bruins could end up being David Quinn. That's right. And hockey legend. So it's, um, it's the tale of two families. Folks, you hear me often reference it, even during the week of different links. It's called Roadmap. It arrives in your inbox. That's how I start the day. I get so much news. I also learn about other stories like Dan Shaughnessy going after the unvaccinated Red Sox players. There's unbelievable coverage, obviously, on the Supreme Court decision. Dan McGowan, if you'd be so kind to extend the offer to anyone who's listening. Yeah, and this is kind of like a great week to explain sort of if you, if you don't subscribe to Roadmap yet, you know, you, you heard all week about, you know, the, the Globe poll and here's what's happening. Uh, you know, yesterday, after all of it was done, you know, I was able to break down just in a couple of different, you know, bullet points. Here's what you need to know about the governor's race. Here's what you need to know about CD2. Here's what you need to know about Biden. Um, and so very easy if you just want to kind of catch up and just kind of, ru- you know, know roughly what's happening in the state. Um, and then, of course, you know, my colleagues uh, are doing such great work and really covering this state in depth. Um, and then, you know, all that national coverage like you talked about. So uh, very simple. It's free. All you have to do is send me a blank email to rinews at globe.com. I'll know what it is, rinews at globe.com. And I'll put you on the list. You'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning. Folks, he's Dave McGowan. Dave, great job as always. We'll talk to you again. All right. Talk to you soon. Happy 4th, John. Happy 4th. Brothers Disposal. Call them today, 401-688-0517 brother's disposal get a dumpster in your driveway you can clean out unwanted belongings maybe clean out your garage clean out your basement clean out your attic old toys old things you don't even use anymore old furniture it's so much easier when you have a dumpster delivered right to your home and then they'll take it away when you're done whether it's for a weekend for a week for a month brother's disposal call brother roland today at 401 6880517 6880517 come on brother call brothers disposal look for them on facebook they have those purple dumpsters they're also now offering weekly trash collection services call brothers disposal today whether it's a small household construction project or maybe just cleaning out some unwanted belongings get a dumpster in your driveway or business brothers disposal 401-688-0517 best lawn ever guaranteed contact lawn doctor of rhode island today now you can call them 401-392-1025 get a quick easy quote the best thing to do lawn doctor of rhode island they have a great website it's easy lawn doctor.com lawn doctor.com then just put in your zip code get a quick easy a quote your best lawn ever guaranteed take get part of their premium eight service program early spring spring lime late spring summer Grub prevention, early fall, fall, late fall, Lawn Doctor, online at lawndoctor.com. To the John DePietro Show, it's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dePietro.com. Remember, weekdays, 11 to 2, but visit the website, dePietro.com. That's the best way to reach me. There's a direct link, contact John. We also have all our sponsors right there. We have unique, original reporting, stories, videos. Also, all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook, when we do Facebook Live or YouTube or Twitter. It's all right there at the website, dePietro.com. And then remember, once you're there, you can also visit the shop. We have great gifts that you can get. It's a happening. All links to the show. Plus, if you ever miss any part of the show, it's all right there under radio show right there folks it all starts by logging on at dipetro.com and on the left hand side you can always listen live again all our links everything begins and ends right there at the website dipetro.com